Blog Talk Radio. bunch i think that's where it all stems from uh you know we're not going out there we're not going to score five six goals i don't think and and there's games that we will but i think it's just everything stems from how hard we work you know guys are sacrificing for each other um and that's where everything starts uh yeah i'm super excited um can't wait for it to start and uh i'm not sure what to expect since it's my first playoff so but what i heard it's another level and um yeah like i said before i'm really excited for it to start Obviously, you hear about it, and you know I watch the playoffs every year, and, and I see how it is uh, the first game uh, in Montreal. And, um, you know, I can uh, you know pretend I, I know what it's like, but until I get out there tomorrow, I won't, I'm not going to know, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I really can't explain what it's like. Um, you know, obviously playing in Montreal in the regular season is something special. When we get to the playoffs, um, you know, it's another level, the noise level. Um, you know, the fans get into it over anything. You know. Every hit sounds like you're scoring an overtime winner here. So uh, the fans are incredible. Um, you know, they just got to feel it out. Uh, you know, because because it's uh, it's something special playing here. Hi everybody and welcome to the Saturday, April 18th edition of the Habs 360 podcast. I'm your host, Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris G1980. Bring you the latest on the Montreal Canadiens. And as you heard from our intro. Since our last episode, all it included was a bunch of wins for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, joining us in about 15 minutes' time will be Rick Stevens, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Networks of Sites. So he'll join us to talk at Montreal Canadiens hockey with us as well. So since our last episode, we were leading up to the final game of the regular season against the Toronto Maple Leafs where depending on the outcome of that day, it would depend, it would determine who would be the Canadian's opponent in the first round of the playoffs. And well, not a surprise, Montreal Canadiens beat the Toronto Maple Leafs and Colton Noor by a score of 4-3 to three in the shootout, David Dernay with the game winner in that game. That means the Canadiens finished off the regular season with a record of 50-22-10. 
for a total of 110 points. So quite an impressive season for the Montreal Canadiens. That placed them first place in the Atlantic Division, second place in the Eastern Conference, and, well, even second place in the league, in the NHL. So that means, well, the matchup in the, for the Canadians in round one was against the Ottawa Senators, a matchup that a lot of Canadians fans didn't want. It was Carey Price against Andrew Hammond. The Canadians under 500 since the trade deadline. The Ottawa Senators, the hottest team in the NHL heading into the postseason. They went on a ridiculous run. Andrew Hammond, his stats in his final stretch, 21-2. and two. So that's a amazing stats with a 179 goals against average and a 941 save percentage. So a lot of Habs fans were worried to face the Ottawa, the Ottawa Senators. The series got underway on Wednesday at the Bell Center, of course, as the Canadians do have home ice advantage for, if you think about it, it's every round all the way to the Stanley Cup final, except in the conference final if they face the New York Rangers. Every other possibility, including the Stanley Cup final, the Canadians, because they finished second in NHL, would have home ice advantage. Well, game one on Wednesday night at the Bell Center, Canadians... Four three winners over the Ottawa Senators, and what was the story of the game? Was it Carey Price? Was it Andrew Hammond? No. In fact, the story, probably not surprised, the story was P.K. Subban, like it is quite often for the Montreal Canadiens. As halfway through the game, eight minutes into period number two, P.K. Subban received a five-minute major and a game misconduct for a slash against Ottawa Senator forwards Mark Stone, who was the who is the hottest Ottawa Senators forward heading into the series, finished the season with 26 goals and 38 points. And a plus 21. So he was the main reason himself and Andrew Hammond that the Senators were able to bounce back and get themselves in the playoff spot. Let's hear what uh, Cameron, the coach of the Ottawa Senators, Michel Therrien and Stone himself thought about uh, the slash by P.K. Subban. So I think it's quite simple. It's a vicious slash on the unprotected part of the body. And it's, you either do one or two things. I think it's an easy solution. You either suspend them. Or when one of their best players gets slashed, just give us five. Not that complicated. Well, you know, I agree it was a slashing penalty. But the thing is, on our standpoint, I don't agree it was a deserve of five minutes. It's up to the league. Um, I, I mean, obviously, it was a, a pretty big hack. Um, Looked like you wanted to hurt me. Yeah, well, it's, uh, he'd been doing it a couple of times. Uh, he tried targeting a couple of times in the, in the first period off face-offs, and uh, I think he knew what he was doing. My co-host for today's Twitter handle is at uh, Peter Galanos. Peter, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Chris. So we just heard from Cameron, from Terry, and Mark Stone on that slash in game number one by P.K. Subban. Uh, what were your thoughts on... Uh, on the call and the whole situation. Uh, wow, where do we begin? I think that uh, first of all, I don't think there was any intent to injure on on behalf of PK, and uh, I believe that the the call was a bit uh, harsh on the play. I think uh, personally, I believe that a regular two minute uh, call for slashing would have been appropriate, and that's about it. Uh, I think it was a little drastic to give him a five-minute and a game misconduct. 
especially since we saw that Mark Stone returned into the game. Uh, you know, I think that uh, it was over-exaggerated a bit. And what do you think about uh, Cameron Stott when he sort of uh, threatened the league that they need to suspend or else they just might get back to a Montreal Canadiens player in game number two? I think it was a question of emotion. I think uh, he spoke on emotion. It was like uh, the game had just ended and it's normal that he thinks like that. Uh, You know, sometimes at a post-game conference, it's normal that you get these kind of comments uh it wasn't the best of uh, you know it wasn't obviously dealt well on his behalf but it's his first playoff appearance as a head coach and uh obviously a comment like that uh is well inappropriate i'd say but i think if he had to redo it that he wouldn't say that and uh, i think that just comes with the experience and i think he's learned from it and uh Next time there's an incident like that uh, on behalf of his team, uh, he won't be uh, that critical or wouldn't say something like that. This is playoff hockey. I I compete hard every game. Um, I've never uh, threatened anybody out there. I don't think I would. I mean, first of all, I'm not really the toughest guy without my gloves on. I'm not really going out there looking for fights or anything like that, but... Uh, I just try to play the game hard between whistles. I mean, the unfortunate thing about yesterday is that we, as a team, talked about discipline, and uh, I took a penalty yesterday, and, you know, as an assistant captain and leader on this team, I have to set a better example than that, and um, that's probably, you know, the most unfortunate thing for me yesterday is, you know, I kind of felt like I left my teammates, let, let my teammates down when I took that penalty. So that's a P.K. Subban following game number one. It was actually the, the following morning. And what a difference in the way uh, this was handled by by both sides. Dave Cameron, he was asking uh, for a suspension or else we get back at the, uh, the Montreal Canadiens. We could have played the clips of other Ottawa Senators players following game number one who were saying sort of, the same thing, like, you know what, there was a vicious slash, intent to injure, etc. P.K. Subban on his end, he said, you know what, even though on the ice it didn't show, he he stayed and he, he was upset, especially when they saw that Mark Stone returned to the ice. P.K. Subban wasn't happy. You were able to see him in the hallway as he was upset about the call. Did the referees make the right call? Well, I think it was kind of harsh based on uh, on the precedence that is set in the league. If you watch game one between the New York Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins, David Perron did, uh, took a similar slash to a New York Ranger player and got a two-minute minor for it. So based on that, I think that the five minutes was, uh, was too much for, for P.K. Subban. Originally... I was okay with that decision. I was obviously upset because P.K. Subban, he is the number one defenseman of the Montreal Canadiens. And, well, without the number one defenseman of your team, it obviously decreases the chances of of uh, your team winning. And that's why I wasn't happy. When I saw... Uh, when I. When I thought about it, when I saw what was going on, what happened in the game between the Penguins and the Rangers... I thought that uh, it was uh, too harsh of a penalty to P.K. Subban, and definitely no suspension was uh, merited. What I was going to say, Chris, is that the example that you use with David Perron, I think the difference is that uh, the puck was in play for that uh, call when uh, on the Montreal-Ottawa side, Mark Stone did not have the puck, so I think that's where there's a bit of a difference in the call of the penalty. Okay, so so fine. That's that's a fair that's a fair point. So give him five minutes, give him the major like he got, and that's it. I don't think it needs to be lobbied to the NHL to get a uh, a uh, suspension. Those are two important players for us, and they show they show a lot of leadership to the course of the season. Uh, obviously, we didn't have patch tonight, and uh, we'll see for next game. And we lost PK for half of the game, and. Uh, I thought the guys react really well. I thought our defense played a really did a really good job. Uh, 
we try to kill we kill a lot of plays tonight but as a group i thought we respond the right way so we heard there uh, the coach michel terry following game number one and peter before the game started if i would have told you that the canadians would have been playing the senators uh without max pacioretty and without pk suban for over half of the game would you have expected the canadians to come out with a win Wow, it would have been uh, really uh, hard to believe, especially, uh, you're right, in those circumstances, uh, especially since Mark Stone came back, so they were pretty much, uh, you know, like a full roster, so I think that, uh, no, I would have been uh, very surprised. Yeah, Mark Stone, it was announced as having a micro-fracture or something or in his uh, in his right right hand. But, well, that was a big story in game number one. Then last night for game number two, would there be any retaliation from the Ottawa Senators? Would Mark Stone play? At one point in one of the practices, Chris Neal was inserted in the fourth line. Were the Senators trying to scare the Montreal Canadiens by threatening to put Chris Neal in, uh, in the lineup? Well... Mark Stone did play for the Ottawa Senators, and in fact, he was the third highest forward used by the Ottawa Senators at the end of the game. So then I don't think the Ottawa Senators, whether it be Cameron or Murray or any of the Ottawa Senators, shouldn't be lobbying for a suspension when, okay, Stone probably isn't 100%, but if he's good enough to play, I don't think that merits a suspension as well. The big news on the Montreal Canadian side heading into game two was Pierre Parento. He's out with an upper body injury. Nah, I'm just kidding. That was the big news, even though that is accurate, that uh, Pierre Parento did not play that game. The big news was, in fact, that Max Pacioretty is back after missing three games with what is called a upper body injury. So... That's great news for the Montreal Canadiens. Let's hear how um, how he did. Okay, so maybe we won't hear how he he did. Max Pacioretty, in fact, he scored. He scored a goal. The first goal of the Montreal Canadiens. It was his first goal of the postseason, and boy. That is a great return for uh, for Max Pacioretty. And Peter, the return of Pacioretty to the Montreal Canadiens uh, lineup, that's great news for, for the team. Oh, it definitely is. And it didn't take long. First game back and a uh, nice goal uh, uh, scored by on his behalf. And uh, it surely makes a difference. And... Uh, not only that, I mean, we saw David Dearnay play a much better game uh, two than he did in game one. So uh, Max Pacioretty is a different make, a difference maker, definitely for the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, we felt his presence uh, in game two, and uh, it's just great to see him back. And now, uh, a bit like I said last week, if Pacioretty plays at least one game in this series, the Habs are going to win. So. My confidence is back, and I think uh, so is uh, all of Habs Nation as well. And Peter, were you surprised considering the Montreal Canadiens had a one nothing lead in the series heading into Friday night's game? Uh, let me actually, I'll start off with giving you my opinion. I was surprised that Max Pacioretty did play last night because I thought the Canadians would have kept him out of the lineup to make sure that he's 100% recovered or until they were in trouble. And with a one nothing lead in a series, I don't think the Canadians were in trouble, and I thought he would have sat out at least uh, game two and game three. And then depending on what the series looks like after game three, they'll make a decision for, for game number four. Uh, I think it was his call. I mean, I think he he felt ready, and uh, no matter what, uh, who won game one, I think he just felt ready. He just uh, needed to get back in there, and uh, I'm, I'm not critical at all. I think that uh, it's up to him. If he felt that he was ready, that 
in the end, it's his decision, and I think that uh, he convinced uh, the organization enough uh, that uh, he was ready for game two, and I think it was the right decision. I think uh, if a player is ready and he's eager to play, and uh, if the if the whatever medical tests you went through uh, showed that he was okay, I mean. Uh, why not? I think you shouldn't look at if you're up one nothing or down one nothing in the series. I think if, especially when one of your elite players is ready, uh, you gotta play him. And uh, this morning, well, actually, it's this afternoon, about one hour, a gold Canadians held an optional practice in Brossard, and while Max Pacioretty was part of uh, practice, and so was Pierre Paranto. And no news yet if uh, Paranto will be ready for uh, game number three, which is scheduled for uh, for tomorrow. And in fact, the Canadians have said that he is day-to-day -day with an upper body injury and he is still unknown if uh, he will play tomorrow for game number three against Ottawa. And uh, P.A. Paranto, I'm not sure. Well, I doubt it that the Canadians are, are going to push him <laughs> to return into the lineup why break when it's not working? Canadians have a 2 nothing lead. They've been looking good. So there's no reason, I think, to uh, to hurry uh, Pierre Parato back in the lineup. All right, we're going to take our first break here on Habs 360. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by Rick Stevens, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Networks of Sites. And he'll give us his thoughts on the series between the Montreal Canadiens and the Ottawa Senators. You're listening to the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink and meet fellow fans hockeypub.com if you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast search Habs 360 on allhabs.net or on iTunes for the archives want to make sure you never miss another episode subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. The RSM mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information about this unique marketing opportunity. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back uh, to uh, Habs 360. I'm Chris G at Chris G1980, along with uh, Peter at uh, Peter Galanos. And uh, don't forget, you can reach us on uh, Twitter at Habs360 is a Twitter account. And if you're also listening to us, uh, the live broadcast, you can go to our blog, talkradio.com chat room, log in with your Facebook or Twitter user ID and leave us your comments. And... Leave us any comments related to this Montreal Canadiens Ottawa Senators series, and we're going to touch upon that uh, before the end of uh, today's episode. But joining us now on the line, he's the editor in chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. You've heard him here before. Rick Stevens, how are you doing? Hey, Chris and Peter. Um, I'm 
I'm doing great. Happy to join you guys again. It's uh, our pleasure. So, so Rick, uh, the Canadians have a uh, two nothing series lead over the uh, Ottawa Senators. Uh, do you think the Canadians have taken away any confidence that the Sens have built up leading up to uh, the start of the series? Well, I think uh, whether whether they've chipped away, uh, I, I think they've chipped away at it. I'm not sure that they've completely taken it away. Um, you know, the the Senators were on an incredible run. Uh, absolutely incredible run, and um, they came in quite confident. And uh, you know, the the funny thing is, I think that the the Canadians have kind of reframed or reset the the series, particularly maybe not so much for the Ottawa Senators, but particularly for the media. Um, I was astonished that before this um, uh, series began, it was it was hard to find someone who was picking the Canadians. Uh, to win it, every um, and the national media in particular was saying that the Canadians were the underdog, uh, that the Ottawa Senators were, you know, on an unstoppable roll, and and particularly the the comparisons between uh, Carey Price and Andrew Hammond. Like again, let's not take anything away from from Andrew Hammond. He had a ridiculous. 21 and, and two record coming in, but my goodness, um, you know, to, to say uh, it was on the, the, the broadcast hearing them saying, well, as good as Christ's numbers have been, Hammond's been better. And he, you know, he, if he had only played enough games, he should be getting a heart trophy uh, consideration. And Oh my goodness, what nonsense. Um, Hammond is a, is a, a, a an average to good goalie who who had an incredible run. Uh, Carey Price is is the best goalie in 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 the world, uh, and we've seen, uh, you know, um, Hammond stopped a lot of shots. He's played well, but he's also let in um, several soft goals, and we've seen uh, pucks go through him. Um, we've seen him be slow on uh, with his lateral movement. We've seen him. Uh, have a difficulty tracking the puck, and um, I think you know, you know. Back to your question, what have the Canadians done? They've they've um, they've revealed, they've exposed Hammond as as the goalie he is, rather than the you know the the Cinderella story that was being told, and and they've reminded people that hey you know, we're not, we're not too shabby a team either. We finished second in the NHL with 110 points and 50 wins. Uh, we deserve to be here. And what do you think has been the Canadians' recipe for success in the, in the first two games? Well, the second period. Um, they've scored, uh, let's leave out the, the overtime goal, but they scored all six goals in the second period. Um, and but you know when you think about it, um, it's not too different from from the the, the regular season. Uh, they they have just found a way to win. The the forechecking, I think, has been absolutely relentless. Um, I think that third line has just been fierce. Uh, the the Lars Eller. Um, Jacob De La Rose, De La Rose for his, his first playoff experience is, is playing extremely well, uh, skating miles up and back and forth and, and has been, been good uh, on both ends of the ice. And, and Weiss is, has been playing a role there as well. I think that, that uh, that's been the surprise is that, you know, every single game this, this season, um, the Canadians have been out hit and they've been out hit in this series as well, but they have 83 hits in the two games, um, and that's having a bit of, a, of an effect. It's um, the Canadians are, are are showing a bit of a, a physical presence that that we didn't see so much of during the season, uh, and 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 you know partly led by the by the newcomers. Uh, Devontae Smith Pelly is is has been playing well. Jeff Petrie has been good on the physical side. And um, um, for all of uh, the criticism he gets, uh, Alexei Emelin has been, been playing well as well. 
and has been leading in the physical department. The, the, the disturbing part from my point of view and from our point of view is that there was a threat made before by Suba to Stone. There were two attempts on face-offs to uh, slash him, one connected, and then he two-handed him across the wrist in front of the net. So that was the general manager, Brian Murray, uh, on uh, Thursday between games number one and games number two. And Rick, do you think this uh, P.K. Subban slash uh, Mark Stone getting hurt, do you think this has become a distraction for the Ottawa Senators? Well, it it, it certainly might um, have been a, a, a distraction uh, between games one and two. Um, and I'm not... You know, at, at first I thought it might have been a deliberate distraction. Uh, Hammond didn't play very well um, in in game one. And uh, rather than the discussion being about Hammond, Dave Cameron made sure it, it was on something else. And, you know, he he set the media on fire with his, his bounty that he put on, on the Canadians' best players. Um, you know, I, I I I first thought it might have been intentionally, but I, I don't I don't know if he's that uh, clever a fellow. Um, but it certainly yeah it certainly consumed uh, the the media fans, and I, I think to some extent uh, the Ottawa Senators um, and you had the the games playing as you you mentioned with with Chris Neal making it into a practice and and. Um, and his comments uh, directed towards PK Subban. I I think that that um, and we saw in game two there wasn't much of that. There, the, both teams were pretty disciplined, and um, there, there's too much on the line to to really get too deeply into to, to get carried away. Um, I I think we're we're back on track now. And what do you think about the call? On PK Subban for the slash was it uh, was five minutes and uh, game misconduct appropriate for 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 a, for a slash? No, I, it was with the, the the five minutes. Once you assess that five minutes for a slash, the uh, the game is is automatic. So you know we've we you don't see that call very often. Uh, the the officials are very careful. Uh, and judicious about using it, so uh, I don't think that that the the hack that he took uh, merited that. I would have I, I it was more than it was more than a minor because in my mind uh, PK did do did target him, uh, so I would have given him a double minor. Um, but you know in the playoffs um, the. the the kinds of stick work that goes on, particularly behind the play. Uh, as PK said, he's been slashed harder than that. And certainly in that, uh, in game one, we saw Brendan Gallagher just getting absolutely mugged and, and cross-checked and, and tackled. And uh, uh, when they weren't calling anything in the first period, that was, you know, um, that, that there could have been a number of calls on. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed in, in Cameron because, um, you know, there was more likelihood that, that he should have faced discipline rather than PK. What he said, uh, you know, it's, I'm not sure I remember the last time I heard a, a coach uh, get up to the podium and publicly say, um, okay, fine, we're going to target uh, if that's the way it's going to go, we're going to target the Canadians' best players. Uh, that, if if that doesn't deserve a fine from the league, I don't know what does. Um, Brian Murray, I just thought, you know, he was trying a little too hard. In in you know, he made that phone call to Stefan Quintel, and and then what what he said about um, the threat. I mean, welcome to the National Hockey League, Brian. Um, Threats happen on every shift, and it was silly to 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 focus on that. Trash talking uh, happens on every shift, and certainly things 
as Chris Nyland said, he said far worse. Um, and th that that happens. And, and I think, I, I don't remember who said it, but um, it might have been Ray Ferraro. But, you know, as as fans, we, we want this behind-the-scenes access. We want locker room access. We want mics on players. And then when we when we hear how brutal it is on the ice or or oh my goodness somebody could have threatened somebody else we're shocked and and you know the, the trash talking is real it's part of the game uh it's always been there and it will always be there so i just say you know be careful what you ask for um because it's 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 not a social club on on the ice it's 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 brutal uh, and teams are, are are willing to do whatever it takes to to further their chance to win the Stanley Cup. Backhand shot towards the front. It bounces around. And Gallagher, oh, man, he's in a real battle with Forbietsky. There's Gallagher. Right, that was the game-winning goal last night, game number two between uh, the Canadians and the Ottawa Senators. It was Alex Galchenyuk who scored his first goal in the postseason uh, uh, this year. And Rick, in fact, it was his second goal in his last 20 games. So I think Elchenyuk has been playing well during uh, that sequence, but he, he, wasn't been, he hasn't been able to score. Do you think last night's goal will help him maybe get his scoring touchback? It's funny because it was, uh, it was another soft goal from Hammond. Uh, went went under his arm uh, through him. Um, but, you know, players don't, don't, don't think of that. Uh, for Alex Galchenyuk, it was a confidence booster. Uh, he scored, he, 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 you know, he, he broke that ice um, and uh, got his first playoff goal. And um, he has been, I, I would say he's been inconsistent. He's, he's played uh, well at times. Uh, other times he's he looks like he's trying to figure out uh, the 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 role he has and also um, you know how to how to work through uh, the the rough going and the, the physical contact and whatnot. Um, so I I I think this is certainly going to help his confidence and um, help him towards being a little bit more consistent and a more consistent threat that other teams have to um, defend against. With uh, PK's game misconduct in the, in game number one, you missed about half the game. Uh, you spoke about Jeff Petrie before, but I think as well, especially in that game, uh, Petrie and Tom Gilbert as well did a great job stepping up and replacing him. Yeah, you're right. Um, I I think that that it was a great move to bring in um, Jeff Petrie. He he's been playing really well. Tom Gilbert. Um, you know, uh, logged a lot of minutes. Uh, he's the kind of guy that that uh, can get his stick in the way and 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 be be very helpful in in uh, disrupting the the passing lanes. Uh, I'm not sure he played uh, as well um, in game two, um, but I really like the 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 Alexa Hamlin uh, Jeff Petrie um, combination. Uh, Petrie moves the puck well. Um, he certainly is able to cover for any uh, the flaws uh, with respect to Emlyn and Emlyn. Um, you know, again, there's there's no one on on the Canadians team uh, like him. Uh, I know other people hit. Um, you know, Rick Patterson is is a good solid checker, but but no one um, makes the other opposing forwards think like Alexei Emlyn does as they cross the blue line. No one's uh, he can disrupt. He can he can intimidate, um, and I think that combination is has become a pretty strong second pair um, for the Canadians. And good on Berge, Bergevin for bringing in uh, Petrie. You know, lots of fans are are hoping that that uh, that's going to he's going to be able to sign long term when he becomes a free agent. I'm I'm not so confident that that's going to happen. But let's enjoy him while we have him because. Uh, he stepped up big time and, and been terrific in the playoffs so far. 
The Twitter handle is all underscore Habs. Rick, thank you very much for joining us. Glad to join you, as always. Thank you very much, Rick. Uh, so that was uh, Rick Stevens, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of sites to follow us. So you can read Rick. You can follow him on Twitter as well. He is on uh, allhabs.net. So we're going to take our uh, another break. On the other side, well, you can give us a call. The phone lines are open now for the rest of the episode. one 455 is the number to reach us. And you can also reach us via Twitter at Habs360. And let's talk Montreal Canadiens. Let's talk Ottawa Senators. Are you still worried about the Senators as you were before the series started? Let us know. We'll discuss that next on the Habs 360 podcast featuring allhabs.net. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from Martocanvas.com are pleased to announce the Habs contest will run during every Habs game in the playoffs and will give you an opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of Art2Canvas.com. Follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details and for high-quality canvas start at a reasonable price. Visit Art2Canvas.com. Good luck. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM has proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundation, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. I'm Chris Jack, Chris Canadian, along with uh, Peter at uh, Peter Galanos. So like I mentioned, this last segment is open for your tweets and your phone calls, one 4945 And you can also reach us via Twitter at uh, Habs360. And let's talk about anything about this Montreal Canadiens, Ottawa Senators, whatever you'd like. It's uh, it's up to you from now until the end of uh, today's episode. So, Peter, uh, last week on our on Habs 360, we weren't sure who the Canadiens' opponent would be. We did touch upon the uh, Ottawa Senators. I know for both of us, uh, this was the team that we thought. Uh, at least in the, from the first round, possibilities. The Senators was a team that, give, that we thought Canadians uh, would have the most trouble with. Uh, two games in, how do you feel? Has your confidence changed? Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, especially after uh, the performance at game, in game one, I mean, uh, and now with uh, Pacioretty back in the lineup in game two, I think that... Uh, you know, I don't want to say they're going to have an easy time, but, you know, Canadians finished higher in the standings, and I think that uh, they are a better team overall than the Senators, and I think that uh, having uh, their full lineup back, I think that uh, the Canadians uh, should definitely take care of the Ottawa Senators right now. And uh, I, I think if I remember last week, you mentioned that if Patrick would play, the Canadians would win, I think it was in seven games. 
I'm, I'm assuming at this point now you're probably expecting a shorter series than uh, than that. Uh, no, I think it's still gonna go. Uh, no, I'm not gonna say it's gonna go five games. I think Ottawa is still not out of it. I think that uh, this series could still go uh, six games, but uh, we'll see. You just never know. I mean, uh, Senators are gonna start uh, questioning themselves. I saw some notes from. Uh, Senators practice this morning that they're already contemplating on maybe putting Craig Anderson in goal for game three. Nothing confirmed yet, but you you see right away that uh, one of the advantages that they thought they had with Andrew Hammond in goal uh, is already turning into a, uh, well, I don't know, uh, maybe we should go back to our uh, number one goalie, Craig Anderson, and uh, see how he does. So... When doubt settles in, you know that the other team uh, is not at 100%, and maybe that the coach feels he has to do something to shake that team up. And one thing for sure, the game number three is very important for the Ottawa Senators. If they want to remain in the series, game number three is the one that they need to win, which is uh, tomorrow night at 7, 7 Eastern, because if the Canadians win game number three as well, forget about the Ottawa Senators. They're... They're not going to come back like the Kings did last year, get San Jose Sharks to win four straight, especially not with a, with a Carey Price and goal for the Montreal Canadiens, with Max Pacioretty back in the lineup. And when the, when the team has one of the top defensemen in the league, P.K. Subban, there's no way that I see the Canadiens losing four straight. And if I'm not mistaken, Canadians never lost four straight games in the entire regular season. So if that's the case, I don't see it happening again in in round number one. And when it comes to the Ottawa Senators, when you're talking about the the goaltending situation, I think at this point, I think the Ottawa Senators have no choice but to consider putting uh, Craig Anderson in goal. And I think if I was the Ottawa Senators, that could be even uh, the move I would make to uh, try to turn this series around. And I'm not sure if you remember, Peter, from uh, last year when the Canadians faced the Tampa Bay Lightning. One thing that even we approached the Tampa Bay Lightning was that they changed their goalie too late into uh, in the series. So I think game three right now is the moment where the Canadian, uh, the Senators need to change their goalies if they want to have a chance to get back into it. That's it. And it's not like they're putting some uh, rookie backup goalie that has no NHL experience. I mean, your other goalie is Craig Anderson. And even to this point, I mean, even their third goalie is Robin Leonard. So they have two other goalies that have quite a bit of NHL experience and, uh, you know, if you're going to do the move, you might as well do it now. Like you said, down two games to nothing, you have nothing to lose. And not to say that Andrew Hammond is the reason why they've lost the games one and two, but I think that uh, this would be a, a good time to make the move. He's, he's not the reason that he lost, but I don't think he helped either. On that uh, that slap shot by PK Subban in game number two, he ducked. <laughs> he ducked out of the way. That's not that's not how you want your goalie to uh, to react as well. And can you imagine the Auto Senators a couple of years back at Ben Bishop as one of their goalies? But that being said, Bishop in game number one in his series wasn't uh, too impressive as well. The reaction he pulled was. Uh, a bit, I think, what everybody would do, like even myself and maybe you, Chris. I mean, when you see P.K. Subban just winding up like that from the point with nobody beside him and yeah. taking his time, you know that's going to be a bullet. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, but on CBC they said it was an 140-kilometer-an-hour slap shot. So there's not much you can do there. <laughs> I agree. I think it's normal for me and you to duck out of the way. But for an NHL goalie... Especially in the playoffs, I think it's he's, the reaction could have been better. If it would have been an exhibition game, it's he does when I get hurt, move out of the way, fine. Or during practice, it's the it's the same thing. If we go now to a Twitter, at Habs360 is the way to reach us. First tweet comes from Habsman72, who is in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He writes, fear, no. Respect, yes. Remember, it's not over till it's over. So thank you very much for uh, the the tweet. And definitely that's why I think game number three tomorrow night for the Ottawa Senators 
is uh, is important, and I think we should the Canadians should expect the auto centers to come out, lots of energy, and be more aggressive than uh, that they've been because for them, game number three is is a must win. But at the same time, the Ottawa Senators have been in a must-win situation for almost the entire half of uh, the second half of uh, the season. So they're in a familiar uh, territory when it comes to must-win games. Another tweet, this one comes from Kairos. He writes, I am worried that the Habs get comfortable with a 2-0 lead and blow it. Stay hunger, I guess means stay hungry, my friends. So, Peter, do you think that's a possibility that they uh, they get comfortable to nothing lead? Uh, I hope not, seriously, because uh, but I think they have enough experience now in the playoffs to know that uh, no lead is safe. You know, even uh, even a three-one lead in the series is not safe. Uh, it's happened a lot recently that teams have been coming back from three-one. And uh, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think uh, they know that they have to take at least one out of two in Ottawa. They don't necessarily have to go a perfect two for two there, but I think their their goal is to get at least one out of two from Ottawa and get that final game, uh, that final win in Game Five in Montreal. Uh, next week comes from uh, from Brian, and this is in regards to our conversation about uh, the goaltending uh, Brian writes to us well sorry tweets to us from uh, Burlington Ontario he writes Hammond's mechanics and glove hand are incredibly flawed and one thing that is that is for sure I'm sure the Canadians they knew they were facing the Ottawa Senators on Saturday after the game so I'm sure Bergevin Michel Therrien etc told Stephen Waite know what on Sunday Monday and Tuesday, those three days, lock yourself in the office or go home and lock yourself in uh, in the private office and watch film on uh, on Hammond for three days and let us know what his weaknesses are. And I think we saw even in in game one an additional, uh, it seemed like the Canadians were trying to do was trying to make him move from post to post. We saw that with a wraparound goal that was scored by Flynn. We saw it in the goal that was scored by Mitchell. And even the goal that was scored by Max Pacioretty last night, it was Dernay from the left side, pass it to the right side to uh, to Max Pacioretty. And Hammond, well, he wasn't even on his uh, feet. He wasn't positioned. He wasn't ready for it. So I think this has to do a lot with uh, the pre-scouting the Canadians did on, uh, on, uh, on Andrew Hammond. And one more tweet that comes in from uh, Brian. In regards to uh, the P.K. Subban situation, he thinks it should have been a, a double minor, so he agrees with Rick. But one thing for sure, it seems to be a unanimous decision among uh, everybody that the uh, five-minute major and the game misconduct was uh, too harsh. Honestly, like I'm not a fan of the slash. Like uh, Based on the precedence, and I retweeted actually a tweet that shows from the Penguins game, what I was talking about, where Hagelin got a, got a similar slash from David Perron. He got two minutes. Based on that, I think the five minutes and the game misconduct was definitely uh, too harsh for uh, for P.K. Subban. So thank you very much, everybody, for your tweets. You can keep them coming at Habs360. It's it up, Mitchell, who's had probably Montreal's best scoring chance in this game back in the first period. He broke down the middle. He comes in there at the side. It's awesome to to get those um, um, personal uh, stats and stuff like that, but um, I think it was a big win um, the way we were able to um, kind of come back after that first goal and um, Kerry made some big saves in the third. Brian. All right, so we heard that Tori Mitchell, uh, his goal that he scored in game number one. We also heard uh, the goal that was scored by Brian Flynn, and we heard Brian Flynn's comments following game number one. And Peter, who knew that the fourth line w- would have been uh, the first stars 
in the in the playoff game, game number one at the Bell Center. Like Flynn one goal, two assists. Mitchell a goal. Flynn went plus three, and Tori Mitchell went plus two. Uh, wow, I mean uh, that was definitely a very surprising uh, performance by uh, both players. Uh, well, I got to give credit to the entire line. I mean they had a very good game and uh, they outplayed the. Uh, their counterparts on every shift in that game. And uh, that's what gave the advantage to the Canadians on that night. And uh, uh, kudos to Mark Bergevin on those acquisitions. I mean, uh, I guess in the end, uh, Brian Flynn and Tori Mitchell were good acquisitions for uh, to play on that fourth line. Uh, it's funny because last week we were, contemplating whether or not Maholtra should be in the lineup in game one or two and I think that uh, right now Michel Terry is proving himself right by uh, going with Mitchell and Flynn and let's uh, hope this continues I mean it's a winning formula so far and uh, uh, you know that's great for them and I hope they keep it up Yeah, or probably our friend Tony on Twitter probably disagrees with us. He he, he really wants Manny Mahotra to make it uh, back in the lineup. So great game by Mitchell and uh, Flynn in game number one. That's what I have to do to create some space for you know Davey and PA and, um, or anyone I'm playing with for that matter. Um, so I just try to get in there and bang some bodies and um, you know to kind of get the crowd into it right away. It's probably pretty tough to to have an off game when when the crowd is like that. Um, I mean, I know everyone, especially the new guys, were really excited to get out there and really excited to, to feed off the energy. So that's Devontae Smith-Pelly following uh, game number one against uh, the Ottawa Senators. And Devontae Smith-Pelly also has been great so far in the series. He, he's, been, he's been present physically. Been able, he's been delivering body checks. He's, in the first two games, he's delivered everything that uh, Michel Terrier and uh, Marc Bergevin told us he would deliver. So it's great, especially considering that he was a healthy scratch uh, at the final stretch of uh, the regular season. So that is great news for the Montreal Canadiens. And before when Rick Stevens was on, we did speak about uh, Jeff Petrie as well. And he's had a great uh, postseason as well. And so has Tom Gilbert, especially in game number one. He's played well, and Tom Gilbert's second half of the season, he's been great. And Peter Mark Benjamin, once again, even though he was, including yourself, like I'll throw you in there, you were, you were criticizing him for not picking up a top six forward. Right now he's he's looking pretty good. Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, that's still to be determined. I mean, it's not uh, two games into the playoffs that, uh, that won't be... Uh, I did go on record as saying that they could, you know, I I believe that they could go past the first round without uh, needing more help than that. But second, and to get to reach the Stanley Cup Finals, it's going to be very tough without uh, a secondary premier scorer on the wing. And uh, hope hopefully they'll prove me wrong. I mean, uh, we'll see how things turn out. So gate number three is tomorrow Sunday. A seven o'clock start. Then game number four is scheduled for Tuesday, so there will be uh, an extra day off uh, between. Uh, sorry, it's Wednesday, uh, not uh, Tuesday. So there is an extra day off between games three and four. The Canadians, in fact, will will not stay in Ottawa. They're going to go to Trumbull, which is on the North Shore of uh, of Montreal, and they're going to spend a couple of days there and practice before heading back for game number four in Ottawa, and then. Well, game number five, if required, will be on Friday. All games are 7 o'clock Eastern starts and could be seen coast-to-coast on CBC or in French on TVA Sports. In fact, game number five is still currently listed as uh, to be determined. But if it's not 7, it'll be a 7.30 p.m. start. So next week, coming up here on Hab360, well, we're either going to be recapping a Canadian's Senator season and then looking ahead to round number two, or we'll be previewing a game number six in uh, in Ottawa. So we'll see which one of those two it will be. I want to thank Rick Stevens, editor in chief and owner of the All Habs Network's websites, for joining us. 
You can follow Rick on Twitter at uh, all underscore Habs. So uh, thank you very much, Rick, for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for sending us your tweets at Habs360. And you can keep your tweets coming even when we're not on the air. We do love to interact with our listeners, even if we don't see eye to eye. Uh, it's always great to have a great, healthy hockey debate. Peter G. at Peter Galanos, thank you very much for joining us. It's always a pleasure, Chris. My name is Chris G. at Chris G. 1980. We'll be back again next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Until then, enjoy the playoffs, enjoy the Canadians. Hopefully, we'll have some success. And don't forget to watch the rest of the NHL games, too, as well. We'll talk next week, 2 Eastern. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.